بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ پیس اینڈ بلیسنگس آف اللہ بی اپون یو ویلکم ٹو انادر ایڈیشن آف دی بریکفسٹ شو ہے آن دا وائس آف اسلام ریڈیو ٹوڈے از وینزڈے دی سیونتھ آف سپٹمبر ٹوینٹی ٹوینٹی ٹو ود ود یور یوژو وینزڈے مارننگ بریکفسٹ I'm doing uh, very well uh, by the grace of Allah Almighty. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. Um we we'll, we'll get into we'll get into um the the uh the, you know the news uh, sort of you know the news topics and of course we'll talk about the weather in just a bit as well. Uh just a quick um uh you know what what we're going to be talking about today. Um two main topics that we're going to be speaking about. Firstly, as you will know as you're all aware that the summer holidays have uh, actually finished. and now children are going back to back to school um and something which is uh, linked to school is that uh, school uniform you know some schools some schools adopt a school uniform some schools uh, do not most schools actually do have a have a school uniform anyway uh, especially here in the UK but uh, you know in other places such as America and various other places or other countries they 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 sort of you know a lot of mm. it's not it's not sort of the norm there to have a school uniform even in you know a lot of um, yeah third world countries as well mm. pakistan places, places countries in africa, africa. yeah, yeah they don't they don't have school uniforms yeah it's, i mean it just depends because because it over there the school like, you go to as well even here obviously school uniforms yeah. you have to pay for right yeah yeah like your blazer will cost like 40 50 odd yeah that's the thing yeah that's the thing But about over there it's it's like those families they can't really afford that mm. so there's not really a requirement But some t- some schools do have them yeah. but you still don't have to wear them and if you don't wear them you're the outcast and that's it tends to be the poorer people. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's it's it is unfortunate because school uniforms mm. are quite expensive just like you you alluded to there as well. So that's something that we're going to be speaking about um uh, you know in the first part of the show as in after after the news uh, topics and the news uh, segments as well. And then right after that towards the latter part of the show um something else which is quite interesting as well something to do with aging um b- the benefits of martial art trainings and how you know how it's uh, talking about therapeutic benefits um in regards to people that practice that um you know in old age so keeping fit keeping healthy um which is you know of course very very much important uh, especially in today's day and age as well where everyone is just sitting at homes maybe on their computer on their phones and they can literally you know attend meetings on their on their laptops on their computers they can do whatever the work that they need to do on their on their phones as well as their you know their 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 tablets their 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 computers their their, their laptops and you know what have you as well because of the benefits of social media and moving around has actually decreased much more um uh, you know in in this in this sort of uh, day and age So that's something that we're going to be speaking about towards the latter towards the latter part of the show. If you want to uh, contribute to the show, the number to call in as always is 0208-687-7878. Uh, you can also tweet us at Voice of Islam UK or leave us any comments on our Instagram page, which is also Voice of Islam UK. We're going to be taking a very short break. And right after that, we'll come back and, uh, of course, you know, we'll speak about the the weather and, uh, and what's happening in the news. As you know, that... Uh, Uh, this trust is you know elected as a new tory leader 
Um, so that's um, you know what's what's quite popping here in the UK, especially. But uh, join us after the break as we will talk about the news. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. We find anxiety and turmoil continue to spread and increase in the world. We find so much strife, restlessness and disorder. We find countries engaged in wars. Terrorist groups, political parties, major powers of the world, all consumed by their efforts to maintain or acquire supremacy and leave no stone unturned in their efforts towards pursuing their objectives. With all these hostilities engulfing the entire world, we also find a grand solution. We find a serene voice, a voice of reasoning and logic, travelling across the world forewarning that if these actions continue, then most surely the entire planet will succumb to a detrimental end. With the rapid decline of international relationship, the chances of the entire globe once again engaged in war is increasing daily. This time wars will be fought with such weaponry that will leave widespread devastating effects. If a person is shot by a bullet, then it is sometimes possible for him to survive through medical treatment. But if a nuclear war breaks out, then those who are in the firing line will have no such luck. The weapons available today are so destructive that they could lead to generation after generation of children being born with severe genetic or physical defects. Thus, if the major powers do not act with justice, and do not eliminate the frustrations of smaller nations and do not adopt great and wise policies, then the situation will spiral out of all control and the destruction that will follow is beyond our comprehension and imagination. Even the majority of the world who does desire peace will also become engulfed by this devastation. This is the dreadful reality. By adopting aggressive policies and utilizing force, the world will be compelled to think of radical solutions, the most radicalized being war. Recently, a very senior Russian military commander issued a serious warning about the potential risks, risk of a, a nuclear war. It was his view that such a war would not be fought in Asia or elsewhere, but would be fought on Europe's border, and that the threat might originate and ignite from Eastern European countries. Though some people will say that this was simply his personal opinion, I myself do not believe his views to be improbable. But in addition, I also believe that if such a war breaks out, then it is highly likely that Asian countries will also become involved. Have these words of the Khalifa not been proven to be true to the letter? 
The crisis between Russia and Ukraine have brought back memories of the Cold War, with nearly 100 member states of the United Nations failing to recognize the control of Crimea by the Russian Federation. Is that not a repeat of the past? When the Arab Spring first came to pass, many people in the world considered it to be a great means for the Arab world to come out of the Dark Ages and embrace modern times. The reality was quite the contrary. Is the world going towards this devastation? Hundreds of thousands of innocent lives have been lost, especially in the Middle East. How many more will it take for mankind to take note of the Khalifa's message? There's an urgent need to end all kinds of hatred and to lay the foundations of peace. This can only be done by respecting all kinds of sentiments of each other. If this is not done properly, honestly and with virtue, it will escalate into uncontrollable circumstances. So what is our responsibility? Most surely to listen to and spread the words of the Khalifa and put them into practice. Save the world from the pit of doom that it is so closely standing upon. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Welcome back to the breakfast show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Um as we as we we will go into our segments but before that we want to talk about what's happening in the news recently as well. And uh, you know, as we're you know just looking outside the window, it is looking quite sunny outside. Mm. But, uh, but you know, when I woke up this morning, I got into my car. There was like it was covered in frosty. It was proper frosty, frosty covered yeah. in mildew, and even yeah, driving the down the the windscreen kept on getting yeah, like yeah. foggy. Fog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to put the. I had to turn the yeah the yeah, AC on. Yeah. Yeah, literally, that's true. And it was a bit chilly as well. Even right now, you know, it's it's, it's a bit right sunny now, outside. Yeah, but don't but be fooled, innit? Yeah, don't be fooled. Yeah. It's still a bit chilly, I think. You know, the te- if you look at the like, if you look at the temperature, hmm. the temperature is fifteen, sixteen degrees hmm. here in, in in South London. Yeah. Um, and it, it, you know, it's it. I mean, the forecast is saying it's going to go up to nineteen, twenty degrees hmm. as well. Um, but um, it will be quite rainy. Um, you know, during the the towards the towards the afternoon, it will be quite sunny, but then towards the end of the day, it's looking a bit it's looking a bit drizzly, uh, with a lot of with a lot of rain and the weather forecast for the next couple of days as well, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, even until you know Monday, Tuesday, and the forecast is saying that uh, that is going to that is going to rain and uh, rain quite heavily as well. <coughs> Because of the rain in in some in some countries, such as such as Pakistan, you may have heard as well. They, especially South Pakistan, with Karachi and Sindh, sort of that area, there has because of the because of the amount of rain, the constant rain, it's uh, it's it's flooded, mm. and uh, it's caused a lot of a lot of problems as well. I, th- I believe it's 
20 or 30 million people mm. who have been affected by that as well. Yeah. Some, you know, a lot of people have lost their homes. A lot of people have lost their businesses. A lot of people have lost their lives. Um, you know, family has been torn apart. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just see images and pictures as well of how destructive this can, uh, you know, the, these mm. floods uh, actually are. And it's a natural, it's a natural disaster, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that what causes all of these things and all of the, you know, rain and so much rain hmm. in, you know, in August, September, that's, you know, it's it is, you know, climate change. Hmm. Climate change is, is definitely a big factor. Hmm. And when you see, you know, when you see people taking taking their jets for, you know, seven minute flights, hmm. eight minute flights, mm-hmm. you know. Celebrities who who are doing that, yeah. Kylie Jenner, all of mm. these kind of people. Mm. I mean, I mean, I think they should be pointed out because um, you know they should be. I mean, look, they. I think her carbon footprint is the most mm. in the whole world. <laughs> I, I think it is. It I think I was reading. <laughs> I think I was uh, reading something, or yeah. I heard it, or I'm, I don't know. Maybe mm. because look, taking a flight, taking a mm. flight. For ten minutes, yeah, yeah, that's a violation. That's a violation. <laughs> that's a violation. I had to drive from Tooting over the, yeah. to get here, mm. and uh, it took me fifteen minutes, mm. fifteen to twenty minutes, mm. right? So if I took a plane, mm. <laughs> it would take me like a minute, probably minus one minute. In it, you'd go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing is, is that look how look you can't. You can't just look, fine. Mm. You've got a lot of money. You can. You ha- you've got a private jet. Mm. Fine. Use your private jets to go to go to country cross or different yeah, exactly, countries exactly. or you know mm. over overseas. Mm. Fine. That's understandable because you you can do that. Mm. But to go to you know the other part of the city yeah. or to maybe a one different city, city, to one, another, city to yeah. or one state to another state. Mm. You know she can. You know, like celebrities, they still take. Um, they can take commercial flights that are like if they yeah. really want, they can take first class or business class. First class, class. or business class, yeah. which is you know quite good as well. Yeah. Why don't why don't you because just because that? that's taking a lot of people right, and that's gonna go regardless. That's gonna go regardless, isn't yeah. it? So you might as well just mm. take take that if you want to take mm. a flight, get there early, just do that, isn't yeah. it? But taking a private fl- a private jet mm. to you know literally you know seven minute or ten minute flight, and then you know taking that multiple times. Mm. Not even in a week, in a mm. day. If mm. you even take that yeah. once or twice, if you're going to go there, obviously mm. you're going to come back, isn't mm. it? So you know, doing that—that's that. Like you said, that's a violation. Mm. And uh, the thing is, is that they can do it because they can afford it. Mm. But you know, just because you can afford it doesn't mean that you should do it as well. Exactly. Um, doesn't mean you can do something. Doesn't doesn't mean that you, you should. You know, we've do discussed it. about the rights of just um, generally in rights, right? Yeah. yeah. So your rights stop. When another person's rights start, yeah. So you need to yeah. not cross that line because literally, if your carbon footprint is so big and you're doing damage to the environment, that's mm. you're going into other people's rights. Mm. The thing you know what's so contradictory as well mm. is because you know sometimes you see these um, these celebrities or whatever, you know I'm not going to name them, but mm. everyone knows anyway. People who are they you know they come into the light. And uh, they get they get sponsored by all of these companies by these brands, mm. and let's just say for example they they get uh, they get a check or they get a deal with a with a you know with a makeup company or mm. perfume or whatever it may be or clothing line, and then they say that this is uh, you know this is organic, 
no plants have been mm. um, injured or no animals have been tested on or whatever. Mm. Yeah, everything is sort of, you know, organic and whatever. Nothing has been affected or harmed. But then they do this on one side. Yeah. And then on the other side, they, they take these mm. jets and they, they all, you know, they, they do all of this nonsense as well. Mm. Um, you know, and the carbon footprint is so, is so much that it affects, yeah. you know, it affects the, the you know, But the you know, climate. we're not just targeting celebrities. It's just that they are people who are in the limelight. That's right? the thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And people look up to them. People are influenced by them. Influenced and, by them, yeah. Um, there, there's many other people as well who probably do this stuff. Like, you know, politicians, secret, you know, mm, uh, if you want to yeah. believe in conspiracies, uh, uh, people in the underworld who just run the world, basically. Yeah, yeah. But they're not in the limelight. Not people, people don't look at, look up to them. Yeah, right? people don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's uh, right. So that's why they can be role models, or they can lead people down the wrong path, isn't it? Yeah, because they're influential. Yeah, and a lot of youngsters, they want to be like these mm. celebrities. They mm. want to look like these celebrities. They want to act like them. They want to be like them. Um, you know, they want to spend their money like yeah, them. Yeah, that's why. I, do you remember we had a um, topic before we discussed that um, mm. China? They want to ban uh, celebrities and influence, uh, influencers yeah. from showing off their wealth mm, because right, it, right. yeah, because it leads uh, people um, down the wrong path. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, quite rightly, isn't yeah. it? Because when people when people look up to this, especially mm. youngsters, mm. adolescents, when they when they look at this and mm. they get influenced, they want to be like that. Mm. They imitate that, mm. and then they will do anything they can. They will do anything, and literally. that's when they go down the wrong path. That's when they, they, will, the when they see they have no choice. Like they, if they're doing like a minimum wage job, they're working McDonald's. Mm. They're never gonna get there. So then they start, you know, deviating, mm. and they go go into like you know they could go into drug dealing or anything like that, because though they are the role models and they have set the standard mm. that this is the life. Yeah, literally. Mm. Literally, that's that's exactly what it is, and it's it's a good thing that you mentioned that as well because sometimes you see um, people, you know, students coming out coming out of university and mm. having their getting get, getting their degrees, um, but then they don't get a job yeah. that they that yeah. they want to, mm. and then the job that they do find um, is you know in is in retail mm. or in McDonald's mm. or something like that, which something that which they don't mm. want to do, and then they get frustrated as well. They say. You know, we spend two, three, four, five, six, seven years doing because, something, getting a degree, mm. and now they don't even get a job, which is according to that degree. Every every job in that field says they we require work experience. Yeah. How are they supposed to get work experience when you guys won't hire them? Mm. Right. Yeah. That's why you know apprenticeships are really like in in, in right, right now. now. They're in, in right, right now. now. <laughs> yeah. but they they make sense as well. They make even sense, even yeah. if, even if they're not paid apprenticeships. You're learning at the same time and you're working, you're doing the practical job at the same time and some people do get paid apprenticeships as well. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of a win-win as well. Mm. Uh, and we spoke, I remember speaking, doing, uh, doing a piece on this a couple of weeks ago as well mm. about internship or about apprenticeships and um, other jobs as well. Mm. So that's, that is quite interesting as well. Yeah. But, um, you know, you know, it's, it's interesting because because of the energy bills are are going up so much. Hmm. You know, people people are getting frustrated. Yeah, people aren't getting enough money from their from their jobs. They're having to work overtime. They're having hmm. to work maybe more than one job. You know the you know if uh, maybe two people in the household are. are 
they they you know they have to work it's needed for them to work just to, just so that they can you know hmm. uh, make uh, make ends meet put food yeah. put food on the table and pay you know pay up these energy bills but another thing which uh, you know people are doing is I mean, it's uh, it's not a good thing, but people have started to you know you know looting has gone back up as well, burglary, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, house raiding. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, how there's a lot of people in the news, you yeah. know, who've been caught or who have uh, you know, like the, those those news stories are going up hmm. in number. That they, they've been like robbing houses, robbing uh, stores and stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, when energy bills are going so so high. Hmm. That's definitely. I mean, that is going to happen anyway. Yeah. When you know, if if nothing is being done about it, hmm. I mean, promises are there. Yeah. Um. I mean, Liz Truss, uh, as the new prime minister, has actually mentioned that uh, she is going to try freeze and, them uh, around two thousand pound for two years. Yeah. There. I mean, there is there are, there are talks about that as well. Yeah. And the Times says that Liz Truss has pledged to lead Britain out of the storm. Hmm. Um. As she prepares to announce a historic package of uh, subsidies and tax cuts to tackle the energy crisis and rebuild the economy hmm. as i mentioned the times has uh, stated that on its uh, front pages also let's um let's see let's what hope happens. that happens because you know there's yeah. a, the, it, whenever there's a new prime minister right hmm. whenever there's anyone new in power whenever hmm. there's a new government hmm. they always make uh, these promises so you know let's see let's see if we actually do make it out of the storm I properly think, you know some i think um some people's opinion may be that our country yeah changes prime ministers as if one changes clothes <laughs> you know like every now and then we don't, really, just, we don't stick to them yeah we don't stick to them mm. we'll give you know we'll obviously we'll give her a chance hopefully she okay, does yeah. deliver on what she has promised yeah and uh, does lead the country back out of uh, you know this situation yeah it so, is a difficult mm. situation as well because the, her predecessors have mm. uh, left her in yeah, a, bit of a yeah. bit of a pickle, mm. <laughs> and uh, you know it is a difficult situation because of how you know because of energy bills soaring, because of uh, these uh, the cuts mm. in uh, you know in the public sector as well, which have affected uh, which have affected people's lives. Employment yep. is just one of them, mm. but also people who actually rely on these things. Um, so it's uh, it is a difficult sort of uh, situation uh, that that she is in as well. But uh, let's see. You know, as you mentioned, we will definitely give her a chance. It's uh, nothing to do with that as well. Uh, but uh, you know, some of the other papers have actually reported that uh, the prime minister is trust told the country together we can ride out the storm during the most important speech of her life on Tuesday. The Daily Mail has reported. Um, this was confidently predicted Britain can ride out the storm while swift action to freeze energy bills as parts of a massive cost of living rescue package the Daily Express reports as well and a lot of The Guardian has reported this as well uh, The Sun has also reported uh, this as well um, the you know the I newspaper I mean the, the Daily Telegraph Financial Times The Metro you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the newspapers mm. have actually reported the same sort of thing as well. Um, the Times as well. Uh, straight to business, the Times says that uh, the Times says ahead of Liz Truss's first day as Prime Minister. Mm. You know, straight to business. So let's see, let's see. We will definitely give her a chance. Let's see what's uh, uh, what's under her belt and see what uh, you know what you know what, what happens. I mean. Uh, today will be the first day that she has, uh, you know, the Prime Minister questions 
as she has to go head to head with Sir Keir Starmer, mm. the 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 Labour leader. So let's see, um, you know, how that will be as well. So um, something uh, something else which is, uh, you know, according yeah. to according to sports. Um, uh, and women's you know, she, women's she, football. She was yeah. an advocate for remaining in for the remaining in the well. UK. Mm. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. So, I mean, the thing is, is that a lot of people were initially, well, but she, <laughs> she, she, she did she did say after in an interview I was listening that yeah. uh, you know she is happy with what the country has decided. Mm. She will go forward with it, but initially she was an advocate for remaining. Mm. 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 That's uh, you know. So you know, let's see. But obviously now. Yeah. You can't really can't yeah. really change that. So let's see mm. what, what her um, sort of manifesto is for uh, for leaving. Yeah. Uh, but uh, talking about uh, football very quickly, um, the women's football England the England team they beat Luxembourg ten nil. Ten nil. I don't think I've ever seen <laughs> uh, two you know two digits. Yeah. Uh, Unless like, you're like playing that. FIFA. Unless you're playing FIFA, <laughs> literally, unless <laughs> you're playing with your with your little brother on FIFA, mm. but uh, yeah, I mean, ten nil uh, against Luxembourg as well. So that's a that's a very good win uh, as well. The Champions League was uh, last night as well. Chelsea Chelsea lost uh, one nil. Uh, Man uh, Man City won four nil mm. against uh, against Sevilla, which is you know quite a decent team actually. Haaland uh, packed in two goals as well. Celtic lost to uh, lost to Real Madrid three nil, the champions Real Madrid. Um, so that's I mean the Champions League will be again uh, today as well. Uh, mm. You know the group uh, the group stages. Uh, Napoli will face Liverpool. Uh, Tottenham will uh, play Marseille. Um, these are the English teams. But uh, you know another t- another match to look out for will be Inter versus Bayern Munich. And also Atletico Madrid versus uh, Porto, uh, so uh, these are some uh, you know some matches. Barcelona is going to play today as well. So you know the the Champions League have actually started as well. The World Cup will be uh, you know at the end of the year as well. So that's going to be quite interesting. I know a lot of people are looking forward to to that as well. Um, anything else which has come come in the news? I mean, you were talking about. I remember we were talking about flooding in Pakistan. The you know the Gambia mm. is also um, parts of Gambia is also um, underwater flooded as well. Yeah, a lot of people have actually been affected um, uh, over there. So uh, you know, it just goes back to what we were talking about as well. Mm. Um, climate change, global warming, whatever you want to call it, it is definitely it is definitely something which needs to look into, and people who are in influence, yeah. they need to look. You know. Definitely look at their actions and see um, if they're doing something mm. which is uh, affecting other people around the world. Yeah. Uh, so there know. was um, yeah another news article in regards to um I'll I'll, I'll take a look if I can uh, you know find it again but yeah uh, there was another uh, there was like um, another flood. In mm. I think South Korea or North Korea. Oh right, Sa- South Korea, I believe. Mm. And seven people have uh, drowned in a parking lot because they were trapped. There were, there's a typhoon, typhoon mm. in South Korea, and um, seven drowned in, uh, drowned in a flooded car car, um, car park. So you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to them and their families. 
but you know this again just shows that the the climate change mm. is is there it's and is is occurring yeah. rapidly yeah and, and it needs to it needs something to be something well. needs to be done about it absolutely absolutely Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number for you to call if you want to uh, get in touch with us or voice any of your opinions as well. Mm. Uh, after a very short break, we're going to go into our uh, first uh, first topic, which is about school uniforms. Um, as you know, as you know, the schools have started; children are going back to schools. Um, so we're going to be speaking about that. Uh, join us after a short break. A new station. The Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with The Voice of Islam. Al-Quddus is the Holy One, one who is free from all flaws, a blessed being in whom all blessings are amassed. Sanctification of such a being is to declare him pure and flawless. Al-Quddus is the composite of all purity, not merely free from flaws, but also comprising of all excellences which are known and unknown to human perception. Allah is Quddus and His nearness cannot be availed unless one is pure. There are pure people who extol Allah's holiness much more than the angels do and they also spread it in the world. Among them, of course, the most excellent is the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, the human adaptation and indeed beneficence of Quddus was at its most and best in the being of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. He admonished his followers to also seek this beneficence and through its blessings remove any bias they may harbor. It is said that when the divine commandment for the forbiddance of alcohol was made public, pots full of alcohol were immediately broken and liquor flowed through the streets of Medina. This revolutionary change was brought about through the Prophet's power of holiness. Famished, stricken with hunger and poverty. It was indeed the Prophet's power of holiness that brought about the blessings in the lives of the companions. The promised Messiah, on whom be peace, depicts the transformation that the quality of the Prophet's holiness brought about in Arabia. This Prophet was created from the light of Allah who spread his fragrance to take Allah's beneficence to others, who removed what was false and manifested most luminously in his truth. 
He guided people who were but dead of soul, made them civilized, and took them to the lofty stages of spiritual discernment. Their drunken nights were transformed into nights of worship of God, and their drunken mornings were transformed into the morning prayer, tasbih, and istighfar, seeking forgiveness of Allah. In the current age, we have witnessed the manifestation of the holiness of the promised Messiah, on whom be peace. Today, we stand witness to the true reflection of the Qudus God on earth in the divine system of khilafat Ahmadiyya. Fortunate are those who recognize it and benefit from its spiritual power. Simplified answers to frequently asked questions. What is Dajjal? Prophecies about the appearance of the Dajjal in the latter days are mentioned in many Islamic traditions. Before Islam, some of the other prophets also mentioned Dajjal in their prophecies, and he is therefore known to the followers of these prophets too, but with different names. For example, in Christianity, he is known as the Antichrist, and some descriptions about him are mentioned in the Bible. In all these prophecies, Dajjal is always described as a very evil and deceitful being whose main purpose is to spread darkness in the world to prevent mankind from establishing a spiritual relationship with the creator of the universe. From the Holy Quran and through the sayings of the Holy Prophet of Islam وسلم, Muslims have learnt a lot about the Dajjal. This includes his description, the ways by which one can recognize him and the methods of protecting oneself from Dajjal's deceit and mischief. Muslims are also informed about the means by which this Dajjal was to be defeated, where it was clearly indicated that Dajjal will be destroyed at the hands of the promised Messiah of the latter days. However, like all other prophecies, this information must be taken metaphorically and should not be expected to be fulfilled literally. Some people think that Dajjal is an individual person or a physical being, but it is understood from the sayings of the Holy Prophet that Dajjal is not a person, but rather an assembly that will be the cause of creating corruption in the world. The Arabic word Dajjal is derived from the root Dal Jim Lam, which means to cover or to conceal. From this, it is understood that Dajjal is the one who falsely appears to be truthful and honest, while hiding the true disposition of wickedness and mischief. The word Dajjal implies two connotations. First, it signifies a group which supports falsehood and works with cunning and deceit. Second, it is a name that indicates Satan, who is the father of all falsehood and corruption. As Dajjal spreads evil and causes spiritual destruction in the world, he will obviously attack Islam and attempt to ruin its true teachings. But since the Islamic teachings are perfect and final teachings from God, so it was God's promise that he will always protect these teachings. Hence, as prophesied by the Holy Prophet ﷺ, God sent the Prince Messiah of the latter days to destroy Dajjal and demolish all Dajjal constructions.
listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the Breakfast Show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. I'm talking about school uniforms um, uh, in this part of the show. As you know that the summer holidays have uh, you know, drawn to a close and many people will be looking to buy a new set of school uniforms uh, for the start of the new for the new academic year as well. At the beginning of the new term in September, schools will be they will actually be forced to provide affordable uniforms for their for their students mm. after years of uh, increasing uh, increasing costs uh, have left parents uh, you know just yeah. outright frustrated. Mm. In April the government actually passed a new legislation that will come into effect when uh, when students return to schools, um, you know, uh, in September, and the bill was first introduced by Labour MP Mike Amsbury, and it uh, received, uh, uh, you know, received uh, cross-party, cross-party uh, mm. support. And the law aims to protect parents in England from unnecessary uniform costs by forcing schools to remove branded items from their uniform, uh, you know, requirements, allowing parents to shop around. Or to use secondhand clothes more easily, and that's mm-hmm. actually uh, quite true as well. Because even for even for my son, you know, when I, you know, because he's going to go to reception, yeah, uh, inshallah as well. Um, getting the school uniform, there, mm. there were like different categories of mm. you know uniforms that you could get. There was one which is you know brand new mm. uniform, mm. and then there was another one where another sort of set mm. where you can buy a school uni- buy the uniform which is. Which is not new, hmm. but it's uh, it's pretty. You know how you have like a condition. A, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's practically mm, new. Mm. Like no one has actually it's pristine. worn it. It's pristine. Like hmm. someone has bought it and maybe yeah. wore it once or yeah, twice and just gave it back. And then just gave it back. Hmm. So there's that category as well. And then you have like a second hand one, hmm. which is obviously hmm. a bit you know some you know a bit ripped, and you can tell that it's, yeah. been, it's been worn out. Yeah. So you can buy different categories hmm. as well. But uh, you know, you one good thing. You know, which uh, which uh, which is over here as always mm. that, you know, branded items being mm. removed. You know, sometimes you just have you have like a you have a a polo shirt, a white yeah, polo shirt, or yeah, whatever, yeah. red or green or whatever, mm. blue, and then you just have like a little logo on the side, mm. the school unif- the school logo, and yeah. just because of that, you know the you know the price will go up. Mm. But if you take a, take that away, mm. then they, you can literally go to ASDA or Sainsbury's or mm. just buy like a different polo. Yeah. That color exactly. that your school, whatever your school mm. uniform is, if it's yellow or green mm. or whatever, just buy that and you can mm. wear that. And that's you know, and that will cost you much, much less. Mm. You know, if get getting a polo uh, from like Asda or whatever will probably cost you like three, four pounds. Yeah. Um, and whereas if you get the like the school one, that'll be like 10, 15. Literally, so it's t- more literally. than twice the price. And what you were saying before as well. You know some schools which have blazers. Blazers, yeah, they cost like they, forty, they, fifty pounds. I remember when I was yeah. in, when I was in school, yeah. back in the day. I, mm. bro, I, 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 mm. I, I, me and my brother, we got it for fifty pounds each. I think my one was around fifty or just more. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like it's not it's not even like it's a good quality it's, it's, one. It's not a nice they, they blazer. They rip as well. Yeah, it's not and a nice it, blazer. Yeah, it's not even it's like just, it's fitted or anything. And you have to buy it. You have to buy it. Yeah, because it's your school uniform. You, you have, have to. to. Yeah. You know one one other thing, which is uh, they which do is, give um, concession to some people. 
fine, but, but fine. just a little bit. But just a little bit. Yeah, you still, still have to pay. Mugged. You still <laughs> get mugged out of your pocket, mate. <laughs> you still have to pay a decent amount. A decent amount. Mm. The thing is, yeah, is that I remember in my school, um, I'm not going to name what school yeah. it was, but because I think they've changed their rules as well. Mm. You had to buy the the bag. Hmm. They had a bag, a, you know, a rucksack. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a string one. It was hmm. like a proper proper bag, yeah. and uh, you had to buy that one because you couldn't wear your other one. You couldn't wear your like your Nike one or oh, your yeah. Adidas one or whatever. I don't think that's the one. that's the case anymore. Because it might not be the case anymore because uh, before I remember yeah. it, because the, it was a it was a, a mm. proper big bag, proper <laughs> brick. You're wearing a brick, and I then mean, it had used, the school name on yeah, it at the back as well. We used to have PE bags. Is it? Yeah, we used to have oh, PE right, bags that right. we had to like kind of get, but they were like little. You know those little bags that you have in primary school. Ah, uh, yeah. Just for your gym clothes. Oh, yeah. those ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those ones. Because normally in primary schools you have those um, those, fo- those folder little, bags, isn't it? Yeah, those little <laughs> those string little string blue. those string bags. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's different types as well. Mm. Um, you know, one one other thing which some schools actually do as well is that I know I, I know my school did it. I don't know if other schools did it as well that. You're wearing your you're wearing your blazer, which yeah. is part of the school uniform. Fine, mm. that's understandable. Mm. Fine, it's overpriced or whatever. Mm. That's a different topic. I mean, it is the same topic, but mm. the thing is, is that if it's cold, you want to wear a jacket on top, mm. right? You had to buy the school jacket, mm. and that school jacket was even more than the blazer. <laughs> it was for I think it was sixty seventy pounds, wow. and it was quite quite pricey. Was it a nice jacket? It it was warm, fine. I'll, mm. I'll give you that. It mm. was warm mm. because it was a fleece inside. Mm. Like yeah. it, it it was nice and warm. It was waterproof as well. Mm. Fine. I mean, it didn't really look nice, mm. but it did the job. Mm. But what I'm trying to say is that because you could, was, you weren't allowed to wear your own jacket. That's the thing. That's the thing. Mm. You weren't allowed to wear your own jacket mm. because if you I think thing, if you similar, got caught, you yeah. you would get detention. Yeah. You have to pay a fine. There was a similar a similar rule in our school as well. And uh, majority of the time, the teacher would just tell you to like just take it off, unless like you had a genuine reason. Yeah. Unless you were literally about to die yeah. of cold, they wouldn't yeah. really let you wear it. That's the thing, and yeah. uh, and it was the same with everything. So mm. it wasn't just the jacket; it mm. was the you know the woolly hat. Yeah. It was the scarf. Mm. It was everything. So everything you Access- had to wear accessories, basically You're accessories really, yeah. as well. I'm not sure if it was gloves as well. I don't mm. think it was gloves, but hat def one hundred percent. Hat was definitely there. And I think the scarf was there as well, mm. so you couldn't. Wear, and you know, it's the, just the, it's just the, too the much. Is, it's school, too much. The school can offer, they, like the school should have these services in place, mm. but they shouldn't force these upon the people, right? Because they, the, 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 the max they can do is like, yeah, because a lot of kids can't afford it, right? That's the so thing. the max they That's can the do thing. is like, uh, if they really want to do something, it'd be like, mm. if for example your school's um, theme is maroon, you could say, make sure you wear a maroon hat. Mm, like mine was. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Or if it's blue, yeah. make sure you wear a blue hat. Yeah, instead like of getting was. yeah, instead of getting uh, branded uh, the school branded uh, yeah. items. I know what you mean. Right. I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean the. I mean, I, I do agree with one element of school uniform as well, mm. and that is because uh, you don't really have to worry about changing your outfit every day. You know, if you have if you don't have a school uniform, yeah. then people come into the complex of uh, okay. I wore this yesterday. Hmm. I wore this the day before. I can't wear it again today yeah, because yeah. people are going to see. Yeah. Oh, you only have one shirt. You yeah, only have one. Exactly. You know, trousers or mm. whatever, mm. and then you have to wear you know different things every like single day. It's like equality as well, right? Yeah, that's mm. the thing, and you know that's why there's a lot of you know upper class, lower class sort of 
mm. sort of standardized you know people make up these sort of standards mm. in uh, in in America mm. in, in you know yeah. if you look at their colleges their mm. their high schools mm. there's a lot of this oh you're you're wearing this you're wearing mm. that oh this is mm. our fashion this is so last year mm. oh you know mm. you have these f- pointless discussions and stuff <laughs> yeah. uh you know which you know which are the outco- which are the outcome of this mm. but if you have a school uniform you you just wear that also and if everyone's you, if wearing if you have siblings and you save your <laughs> yeah, uniform yeah. you can pass it <laughs> you down you can just pass it you can pass it down literally <laughs> yeah um yeah definitely so that's i mean these are some interesting uh, thoughts as well hmm. uh we're going to be continuing this topic after the after the after the news break as well we're going to be speaking about this and we will be speaking to 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 one of our guests as well uh, hopefully after the break as well so do do join us after the news break You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the breakfast show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Um talking about talking about school uniforms as well and as we were mentioning before before the news uh, before the news break. You know the the there is you know there, there are positives and and negatives mm. uh, to you know to this uh, to this topic to the, you know to school uniforms mm. as well and um it's just uh, i mean f- for me i personally i personally do like school uniforms yeah. if they were a little bit more affordable mm. you know mm. um you know i just think it sort of uh, eases the tension on on yeah. the parents and uh, you know and on the children when they get a little bit older as well they they don't have this sort of uh, complex as well that mm. they have to stay on top of their wardrobe game and uh, things which are linked to that you know i'm delighted to say that we do have online with us uh, our first guest of the morning in regards to this topic john jolly who is the ceo of parent kind um he, in june 2019 having spent nearly 13 years as CEO of uh, Blenheim CDP a large London based charity he has over 30 years experience in operational and strategic leadership roles within public charity and partnership development roles good morning um peace be upon you and welcome to the breakfast show uh, good morning sir it's a pleasure to have you on just to start off could you please tell our listeners about your organization yeah parent kind um is is an organization that seeks to um represent parents i think the best way of explaining what we do is that we are the membership organization for 12500 uh, parent teacher associations so mm. we support them in the work that they do but what we also do is that we provide a voice for parents um um within the education system um and actually make sure that we represent parents views on a wide range of issues um to uh government uh, uh teacher organizations um to make sure that parents voices are heard. Hmm. So you know in terms of this uh, new law regarding school uniforms what do you think has led to this being announced at this point in time? Yeah, I th- I think 
I, I think the, there's been a driver for a number of years to actually do something about the cost of school uniforms. Yeah, uh, we've been we've been we've been polling parents and asking parents their views for the best part of eight years, and consistently the cost of school uniforms comes up as one of parents. Uh, um, major concerns, particularly in, in, in relation to the cost of the school day, mm. um, it tops the, the the main concern for parents about costs. Yep. And um, what kind of feedback have you received from teachers and parents uh, regarding the change? Yeah, I mean, teachers and parents. I mean, um, teachers and parents are actually both supportive of of the change. I think people recognise um, that, that there is a need to change and to do things that will actually bring down. Uh, the costs of school uniforms. I think um, um, I, I think many teachers would see that there's a need to, to to be more inclusive in terms of what school uniforms look like, both in terms of what the school uniform is, hmm. uh, and very particularly in relation to actually helping parents by bringing down costs. Yeah, and um, you know, obviously there are many positives uh, to this new law being in place, but do you think there could be some negative aspects? Yeah, look, I mean, I think the first thing that the, the new, I mean, the new law is is there, but actually, it's you know, it, it is guidance to schools yeah. still in in the main part. So, what was it says that schools should do everything that they could do to bring down the costs of school uniform? Hmm. It doesn't actually. Uh, I believe we have. Uh, it? Yeah, I believe uh, the line has dropped. Oh, we will sure. try and contact him again. Um, but for now, um, let's just uh, carry on. And uh, you know, he was—he did raise some good points. Uh, I mean, were, yeah. as you're mentioning as well, there yeah. were you know positives and uh, and negatives as well. Um, so that you know that was quite interesting. What he was he was uh, about to say as because well. he uh, I believe what he was um, pointing towards is that the law is in even though it's in place, mm. it's more of a guidance. As in, it's, it's not, not it's forcing not, not, the schools to implement, to implement it to lower mm. the prices. It's just saying you should do it, mm. right? But and because of that, a lot of uh, schools won't necessarily follow it. Mm. That that's the thing, isn't it? When but that, but that's the thing. They mm. they they've gone their research from you know he said from you know eight years they were yeah. doing they're conducting yeah. this research, mm. and uh, what they received was that. W- School uniforms was the major thing, hmm. or one of the major things, uh, which which parents, uh, as well as uh, as well as teachers, yeah. they were raising this uh, this concern as well. Hmm. So it it definitely is a concern, and it's not you know th- talking about school uniforms that's been going on for for so long, hmm. right? Everyone complains about school uniform about the about the price of yeah. it, but energy bills are also going hmm. up. Hmm. So when prices are going up, everything you know. Inflation is mm. also on the rise as well. Mm. Um, the cost of living has gone up, mm. and then so any little cutbacks that we little, can receive is you know will be will be good. As, as that says, every little helps. Every little every, every little helps. Yeah, exactly. Is it Tesco? Is, that, is, that, is it Tesco? I, mean, I, I believe it's Asda. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it def- might be Tesco actually. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Tesco, but still, I mean, it is true though. Every little does help. I mean, mm. uh, even if it's wherever you can get these cuts, wherever you can get these, you know, these little. Helping hands, or yeah. you know, even vouchers that you can receive, or coupons, or whatever. No, it is Tesco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So they, 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 you know, 
it amounts to mm. so much. Yeah, isn't definitely, it? definitely. Um, because you know, school uni- you're not buying school uniform every year, right? Mm. Mm. After maybe two, three, get a little bit a big, a little yeah. bit a bigger little size, so you can size, wear it yeah. for like at least two years, mm. at least. Mm. Um, so you don't have to get it every year. Mm. So uh, you know, it's uh, you know, if you can get any discounts on that, then yeah, well, why not? Definitely. And schools. And uh, you know schools, they should they should sort of uh, look at this as well, mm. um, because it is it is a major thing uh, to do as well. Even you know if we talk about what uh, what Islam says, mm. uh, you know in regards to this as well, Islam actually says that you know whoever is in power, mm. whether it's a government, whether it's uh, any sort of party, mm. whether you're you know whether you're a a whether you're the manager of mm. a firm mm. or whether you're in charge of uh, any particular organization you're sort of you, you you have been given a trust yeah and those people who are underneath you those people mm. who are your subordinates those people who are working for you mm. or those people who are working under you you have a right upon them yeah. you know you should you should fulfill their rights you should uh, give them you know you should give mm. them their due rights as well uh, in whatever way uh, in whatever way you actually can um, so uh, these are sort of things so which we are do have uh, John back on the line with us um, good morning John can you hear us uh, no worries. Uh, so you you were um, alluding to, you know, saying that the law is uh, is in place, but it's more of a guidance. Yeah. So I, mean, I think I think the law provides guidance for schools about what they what they can do and what they should do in relation to school uniforms. So, um, but much of it is a should and not a must. Uh, so, so one of the one 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 of the key things that they actually have to do is consult parents, and we think that's a really good move in terms of getting parents' opinions about school uniform and what they can actually do. Um, I think it will provide opportunities um, and actually they sort of they're, they're, they're required to consider setting up um, sort of um, pre-loved, pre-loved school uniforms, looking at, at, at actually um, setting up places and making sure that, that you know, that every, every person has access to, and all parents have access to affordable school uniforms. And again, to actually make as much of the, of the school uniform available on the, on the high street rather than from specialist uniform shops. Mm, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, the, are there any schools that don't require students to wear uniforms? Have you done any research, you know, which have... I think the vast majority of schools in this country um, will, will have... Uh, uh, Will require um, young people to to actually wear school uniforms. And I, I think um, I, I think that those those vary from those that have very uh, one or two items that are actually sort of branded. Um, so those it probably go the, the extra step in terms of not having branded uniforms. But but even those schools we tend to see have um, a, a dress code. Um, um, for example, my son went to um, um, was, was at school in the, 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 the sixth form. Uh, you know, he they had a dress code that he had to actually wear a business suit. It wasn't mm. a school uniform, but it was a dress code. And some schools basically have very clear um, guidance about what colours young people should wear, uh, um, what type of what type of clothing. And actually, increasingly, they're making that more. Um, more, more flexible to account um, for, for for different young people's needs, whilst actually having a very recognisable um, 
you know, uniform, if you like, although not specifying particular mm. um, types of clothing. Absolutely, absolutely. John, Johnny, uh, uh, Jolly, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, and uh, thank you so much, and have a lovely day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was John Jolly, who's the CEO of uh, of Parent Kind. Uh, th- thank you, thank you to him. Um, so that was, uh, you know, quite an interesting uh, discussion that we had with him as well. And uh, it, I mean, it is. So he was raising some good points as well that uh, uh, school uniforms they should be available on the on the high street. <laughs> they should be available on the high street, not just you know in specialist uh, um, sort of places. Uh, and shops as well. Um, we've got another interview that we want to play with. We were fortunate enough to interview uh, MP Mike uh, Amsbury. Let's listen to uh, that right now. Joining me on the line today, we have MP Mike Amesbury. Uh, Mike Amesbury was elected as the Member of Parliament for Weavervale after winning the seat uh, from the Conservatives. Uh, after the snap election of 2019, um, Mike has been a representative uh, both in Parliament and in the community for his constituents. Mike has been fortunate enough to serve in a number of positions through his time in Parliament as Shadow Employment Minister, Shadow Housing Minister and Shadow Local Government Minister. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you and thank you for joining us today, Mr. Amesbury. How are you today? I'm I'm very good. I'm very good. It's quite a historical day. We have a a new Prime Minister that's been uh, anointed um, by the members of the Conservative Party, but not by the people of this country. <laughs> but it's a historical <laughs> day. It is, in, it is indeed a third, third uh, female Prime Minister, so let's see what um, happens up in the future. <laughs> yes, yes. Exactly. So um, please, could you tell us uh, a bit about uh, your role as a Member of Parliament and what that actually entails? Yes, well, I'm, I'm one of six... 650 members of parliament um, to represent my constituency of Weaver Vale in the in the northwest, and that's providing uh, my constituents, um, which number um, 70,000 plus, uh, with a voice um, in parliament uh, as a as a legislator. So that's what I'm I'm, I'm there to do um, and to scrutinise and challenge the the executive. I'm an opposition. MP and hopefully um, shape legislation so those ideas and, and hopefully improve people's lives in, in not only in my community, not only in our country but internationally uh, as as well. I'm also uh, um, obviously a, a voice in the community working together with um, residents, businesses, third sector organisations um, and, and councils in particular. So I like to I think I'm a representative voice in the in the community as a good constituency MP, as well as being that legislator and that voice in Parliament. And I saw that um, you know in 2020 uh, you introduced a private members bill, which was aimed at reducing the cost of uh, school uniforms. And the bill actually became law in 2021 and will be enforced from this September. So, could you please tell us about this new school uniform law and what led you to introduce this? Yes, I mean, before what we now know as the cost of living price, I get a number of families, so parents and carers, and come to me and talk about the escalating costs of school uniforms. 
you know, um, um, that's the uniforms in its body sense, and so not only the, the blazing, but the trousers, just the skirts, um, um, other jackets, caps, ties in lots of cases, and the PE kit. Um, um, they were concerned that lots of these items require branding um, um, and logos, and, and the costs were going up and up. Um, um, so um, I was lobbied by the Children's Society as well as a national national charity. This has been a long-standing campaign of theirs to bring the cost of the school day down. Um, this was pre-COVID when I introduced this, and COVID, of course, added additional financial pressures to to families. And now, with the energy bills um, um, which people are facing the here and now and in the future, it's more important than ever that we bring down the cost of school uniforms. So my actual bill will ensure that affordability is centre stage in each school up and down up and down um, the country in England. Um, the, the principals and the head teachers and the governors have got to demonstrate that they are affordable. They're not pricing um, children, local children and families out of out of local schools. Um, keep branding to a, a minimum. So that's, you know, in terms of logos um, and other elements of branding around high, house systems and so forth. Um, introduce competition. Um, um, lots of places have single supplier relationship schools um, and with one manufacturer or supplier um, to bring costs down. You know, hopefully open opportunities to other local suppliers and manufacturers um, and bring that competition. But encouraging swap shops, local swap shops, good for the pocket and the mm. environment. Also, you know, there are lots of good schools already done this and, and there'll be even more. It's referring to uh, local supermarkets where they might offer, you know, it could be shirts, um, blouses, skirts, trousers and so forth at really competitive prices, so non-brand, non-branded items. That's that's now law. So where a school yeah. um, um, you know, is, is, is not actually abiding by the law, where the, where the costs are astronomical, um, the parents and the carers now have the power of that legislation uh, to challenge the school. That's, that's really good. That's really amazing. And what sort of impact do you think this will have, uh, one, on families, and two, what sort of impact will it have on schools sort of moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I mean the, lot, lots of schools have already been in touch with me demonstrating how they're responding to the law. So there's been consultations with parents and carers about new school uniform policies and how they're going to remove some branded items and bring down the costs and um, um, look at a tendering process to again bring down the cost with manufacturers and suppliers. Uh, lots of examples of, of swap shops organised by the schools and parents and carers as well, which is absolutely fan, fa- fantastic to see. They've already started to see a difference in terms of the actual cost of it could be a secondary school uniform or a primary school uniform. Now, I will say as well that there are, I've seen some evidence of some schools with the head in the sand and not responding to this at all. It's as though there hasn't been a change in the law, but, you know, there's, 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 there's some way to go to educate the educators in a way, isn't there, I suppose? <laughs> yeah, no, but it's, it's really commendable about the work that you're doing and, uh, you know, passing this law. Um, you know, there's some schools whereby kids, um, children are not 
required to wear uniforms. Are there any differences in terms of fi- the financial impact it has uh, on those par- parents compared to those that need to buy school uniforms or branded school uniforms? Um, I, I used to go to a secondary school where um didn't have a uniform. And, and, and I, I can tell you, my bill is pro-school uniform, by the way, because um, I remember way way back in 1980, I'm sure my age, when I was uh, um, at school, <laughs> when, yeah. when fashions were very bad, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you, you actually did see the difference between the haves and the have-nots in regards to the fashions of the day. You know, it could be the, 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 the branded tracksuit tops and various polo shirts so 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 you had that i mean i i actually believe school uniforms are a good thing um um in 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 regards to you know that um you know uniformity uh, uniformity that 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 discipline as well that applies that identity very very importantly uh, but it's got to be affordable that's the that's the key thing as far as i'm i'm concerned so i'm pro school uniform i i don't actually think the abolition of school uniforms would be a good thing um, my bill was never never about that because I've, I've i've seen some experience of that first first hand but it's about affordability so that was uh, an interview that we were fortunate enough to do uh, fortunate enough to interview uh, the mp mike emsbury uh, so that's uh, you know that's um, very 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 interesting listening to to him as well. Yeah, and you know it, it just goes back to what we were saying before as well that you know school uniforms are they are a good thing, mm. but they just need to be a little bit more uh, practical in terms of uh, being more affordable. Yeah, um, and then I think everyone will you know will be happy as well. You know one thing which is. Um, which is linked to school uniform that just you know sort of came into my head as well is that mm. sometimes we see that uh, there is a school uniform yeah and then it uh, you know people who are of different religions mm. so they say say women right yeah when when women need to wear the headscarf hijab, headscarf yeah. hijab or whatever mm. right they Sometimes the school uniform says that no, you, yeah. you cannot. You, you or like can't wear see, it. Sikhs who wear their turbans. <laughs> Sikhs who wear their turbans. Yeah, exactly. So you know, sometimes they they're not allowed to do that. Mm. And I remember, you know, there were a couple of schools, uh, a couple of girls in mm. in, in in my in my school, mm. and uh, they you know because they weren't allowed to wear it, mm. they had to change school. Yeah. So so that you know they they went mm. to a different school so that they can practice their religious mm. beliefs as well. Yeah. So that's uh, you know come on that's like, how how is someone's religious uh, hmm. headscarf <coughs> right or or a turban or whatever even if it's a because you know then hat, the, the excuse gonna, sometimes they present is that we understand that it's your religion but then if someone else wants to you know like wear something else wear a hat or something we we can't stop them then no but the thing is I mean fine but the thing is is that. A, re- a religious obligation yeah. is completely different to mm. what you want and what yeah. you don't want to wear, isn't it? Mm. So that's something to for you know for for the policymakers or for the school actually because it's the school mm. that implements mm. it. It's for the school to actually make uh, you know look at this yeah. and uh, you know because this is this is just this is sort of you know this is discrimination. Then mm. this is just uh, outright discrimination. Yeah. You know, most of the time it's it's racist uh, as well racist behavior and uh you know we don't want to be living in a country 
where we're not, but we don't want to be living in a country where we're just where we where we can't practice our religion. Hmm. And a lot of people come into this country because there is because we can we have the the right to express our opinion. We have the right to express whatever we believe in. Yeah. And you know, whatever religion that you may belong to, hmm. you can practice that religion openly in this country. And that's one of the 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 benefits and that's why uh, as I just mentioned yeah. a lot of people flee their countries um, because they cannot practice mm. their religion properly or because they're being prosecuted uh, persecuted uh, and they you know they they're being infringed their rights have been infringed mm. and so that's why they come into these countries because you can we can openly express our religion we can you yeah. know women can wear the headscarf men can wear their their hats or you know mm. the, the garments or whatever they mm. want to wear you know Sikhs as you mentioned they can wear their turbans um you know even even Jews they can wear you know I'm not sure what it's called but the, you know the hat that they wear yeah, as well the kippa uh, I think it's called I think it's called I'm not sure yeah. but you know they can practice that as well um other religions can they can practice whatever you know whatever they have as well so it's important to as we living as we live in a diverse uh, mm. sort of uh, not just a country but the whole world is you know diverse as well a global yeah. village that we were living in we are or we should be open to other people mm. other people's religions mm. new beliefs uh, and you know things because which at are the end of the day the purpose to them yeah, yeah no, at the end of the day the purpose of uh, the school is to educate is people to educate yeah right and it's it not be, to infringe other people's rights or yeah. force Uh, them to take the know, rights away, neglect their beliefs exactly right exactly. it's to educate exactly. and even in uh, you know in uh, religious studies we, see, we they tell us like yeah. these are Muslim people have Muslim women they wear their headscarves and uh, you know Jewish people they wear their kippers or uh, Sikh people they wear their turbans but, but then the school goes you're not allowed to wear that in mm. our school because it goes against our yeah. uniform policy yeah I mean, what's that, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, with one hand you're saying one mm. thing, but on the other hand you're saying completely the opposite thing as exactly. well. Exactly. So that's something which uh, you know which schools should definitely look into as well. Mm. And uh, I mean, I think that goes uh, quite well with this uh, with this topic about school uniform. Yeah. Um, and you know, some it's not just about it's not just about you know wearing the headscarf or whatever. Mm. It's about sometimes you know school uniform is to you know for girls yeah. th- that they that they have to wear a skirt mm. and s- some women don't want to wear a skirt mm. they want to wear trousers mm. you know they mm. want they don't want to show off their legs exactly right exactly um, so you know there are these things which you need to be considered mm. looked into as well and uh, you know th- these things are not they shouldn't be taken lightly mm. yes talking about the actual school uniform is important but then you know practicing and uh, making sure that the religious beliefs are also there they're intact uh, as well is also very very much important as well um so that's uh, that's our topic uh, we'll wrap up this topic and uh, we'll take a very short break right after the break we will uh, we will move on to we will move on to our our next uh, topic um which will be about uh, practicing martial arts at an old age can have a lot of a lot of different benefits as well 0208687 is the number for you to call give us a call if you want to voice your opinion we'll be back after a short break the bountiful 
the one who has limitless capacity and abundance. Surely, Allah is bountiful, all-knowing. The all-knowing, the one who comprehends fully the knowledge of everything, whether manifest or hidden. Do they not know that Allah knows what they keep secret and what they make known? There is an account narrated about Syed Abdul Qadir Jalani, may Allah have mercy on him, that when he set out away from home for the purpose of his education, his noble mother sewed his share of 80 coins into the underarm of his shirt and advised him, Son, do not lie. When Syed Abdul Qadir departed, on the first day of his journey, he passed through a jungle that was inhabited by a large band of thieves and robbers. A party of robbers confronted and apprehended him. The robbers asked, What have you got in your possession? Syed Abdul Qadir thought to himself that he was being tested in the first stage of his journey. He reflected over his mother's advice and said, I have 80 coins which my noble mother has sewn into the underarm of my shirt. The robbers were extremely surprised on hearing this and said, What is this dervish saying? We have never seen such a righteous man. They took him and putting him before their chief related the entire story. When the chief questioned him, Syed Abdul Qadir Jalani gave the same response. Finally, when his shirt was torn at the place that he had described, it turned out that there were indeed 80 coins sewn into his shirt. All the robbers were astonished, and the chief asked why Syed Abdul Qadir Jalani had told them the truth. At this, Syed Abdul Qadir Jalani mentioned the advice that his mother had given him before he departed. He said, I have set out as a student of religion. If I had told a lie at the very first stage of my journey, what could I expect to attain? And so, I chose to stand by the truth. When Syed Abdul Qadir had said these words, the chief burst into tears, fell at his feet, and repented for his sins. It is said that this chief was the first follower of Syed Abdul Qadir Jalani. In short, truth is a thing that delivers a person in even the most trying and difficult of times. Saadi is true when he says, Never have I seen go astray the one who treads the right path. Therefore, the more a person adopts the truth and develops a love for the truth, the deeper a love and understanding they develop for the word of God and also for his prophets, because they are an example and source for all those who are truthful. This principle is also prevalent in the following instruction. Be with the truthful. Simplified answers to frequently asked questions. What is Dajjal? Prophecies about the appearance of the Dajjal in the latter days are mentioned in many Islamic traditions. Before Islam, some of the other prophets also mentioned Dajjal in their prophecies, and he is therefore known to the followers of these prophets too, but with different names. For example, in Christianity, he is known as the Antichrist, and some descriptions about him are mentioned in the Bible. In all these prophecies, the Dajjal is also always described as a very evil and deceitful being whose main purpose is to spread darkness in the world to prevent mankind from establishing a spiritual relationship with the creator of the universe. From the Holy Quran and through the sayings of the Holy Prophet of Islam, وسلم, Muslims have learnt a lot about the Dajjal. This includes his description, the ways by which one can recognize him 
and the methods of protecting oneself from Dajjal's deceit and mischief. Muslims are also informed about the means by which this Dajjal was to be defeated, where it was clearly indicated that Dajjal will be destroyed at the hands of the promised Messiah of the latter days. However, like all other prophecies, this information must be taken metaphorically and should not be expected to be fulfilled literally. Some people think that Dajjal is an individual person or a physical being, but it is understood from the sayings of the Holy Prophet that Dajjal is not a person, but rather an assembly that will be the cause of creating corruption in the world. The Arabic word Dajjal is derived from the root Dal Jim Lam, which means to cover or to conceal. From this, it is understood that Dajjal is the one who falsely appears to be truthful and honest, while hiding the true disposition of wickedness and mischief. The word Dajjal implies two connotations. First, it signifies a group which supports falsehood and works with cunning and deceit. Second, it is a name that indicates Satan, who is the father of all falsehood and corruption. As Dajjal spreads evil and causes spiritual destruction in the world, he will obviously attack Islam and attempt to ruin its true teachings. But since the Islamic teachings are perfect and final teachings from God, so it was God's promise that he will always protect these teachings. Hence, as prophesied by the Holy Prophet ﷺ, God sent the Prince Messiah of the latter days to destroy Dajjal and demolish all Dajjal constructions. O ye people who consider yourselves members of my Jamaat, you will be accounted as such in heaven when you truly tread upon the path of righteousness. So offer the five daily prayers in such fear and with such complete attention as if you are actually beholding God Almighty. Observe your fasts in full sincerity for the sake of God. Let everyone who is accessible to zakat pay the zakat. Let him upon whom the pilgrimage is obligatory and there is no obstruction in his way perform the pilgrimage. Do good in a handsome way and discard vice with disgust. Bear well in mind that no action of yours which is empty of righteousness can reach God Almighty. Righteousness is the root of all goodness. No action that is rooted in righteousness will go in vain. It is inevitable that you should also be tried with all kinds of anguish and misfortune, just as the faithful before you were tried. Be alert, therefore, lest you should stumble. So long as you have a firm relationship with heaven, the earth can do you no harm. Whenever harm befalls you, it will be through your own hands and not through your enemy. Even if you lose all honour on earth, God will bestow eternal honour upon you in heaven. So do not leave him.
Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the breakfast show here on The Voice of Islam Radio. Um, in this part of the show, we are speaking about, uh, about uh, therapeutic benefits of martial art training, um, you know, when, when people reach uh, old age. Uh, so sort of the, the gist of the story is basically this, the idea that martial arts can be an, you know, an important daily health activity and it has uh, been, you know, you know, it's been scientifically explored and mm. that it can uh, affect, you know, have a, have a positive effect. I mean, definitely, yeah. I mean, that's going to happen anyway. Um, in, the, in a book, mm. an introduction to Karate Do, the unarmed martial art of uh, offense and defense. Um, the karate master, uh, Kenwa Mabuni, he was the founder of Shitsu Ryu, along with uh, Genwa Nakasoni, uh, shared a very early Japanese study on the physical demands of martial arts. And the book researcher, Oka, uh, had, uh, had folks to, about an about uh, half of karate training during which many you know repetitions of kata including one found in many you know in many systems called uh, you know pin and nidan were actually practiced different forms of uh, of karate martial arts and uh, different things which are related to this as well um as we as we can see that um it's not just it's not just you know martial arts is uh, because the whole part of your body is being um, used, isn't it? Mm, mm. It's not. It's not just. It's not just. You know, your legs. It's your hands, your arms, you know, your shoulders, your back. Everything. Every. Yeah. Your whole body is actually being used, uh, because of course, you know, there are different. Uh, um, you know, different styles, different uh, positions. Mm. Uh, so all of these things actually play a, a huge factor as well. Um, so you see, you see that a lot of Eastern Asian. Uh, countries such as Japan, uh, China as well, uh, you know these sort of countries, Oriental countries, um, they they do practice uh, martial arts as well, and uh, it, you see them because of not just physical exercise, but because of the diet that they that they have as well. Yeah, definitely. that has a very positive impact on their on their health, hmm. on their lifestyle. You see them tend to be more, you know, a little bit, you know more happy more jolly mm-hmm. they you know their moral conduct is quite uh, quite good as well yeah um as well as uh, you know they they have a sort of dignity respect and a discipline as well mm. they you know martial arts and all of these things they, they teach you discipline they teach you how to be law-abiding as well mm. and um 
and of course you know the the the, the physical benefits are mm. definitely there as well but with physical benefits if you are physically active and you are mm. physically sort of uh, stable and then strong your mental state you know, is good as well exactly yeah. exactly um and then when your mental state is good then your moral state is mm. good as well mm. so all, you know all of these things have a have a have a very you know they're intertwined they're linked mm. and they have a positive impact on uh, you know on you know on yourself as well yeah. and of course when if we're talking about this from an islamic perspective mm. if you're physically active you're morally mm. active as well and your you know your your moral conduct is good yeah. then that will lead on to your spiritual development as well mm. and that's something that we you know that we uh, that we want to promote as we, uh, you know as we do anyway as well yeah so we do have online with us our you know guest for us uh, for this segment this morning dr brian moore who's a psychologist, a researcher and lecturer at Charles Sturge University, whose research promotes mental health and well-being. He is a co-chair of Wellbeing and Mental Health Research Australia and is an executive committee member of the School Counselor Psychology Association, NSW, and a special adversary group member on um, of UNESCO's um, International Centre of Martial Arts for Youth Development and Engagement. Good morning, peace be upon you, and a welcome to The Breakfast Show, Doctor. Oh, good morning. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. So in terms of uh, physical sports, martial arts has mostly been viewed in a positive manner by the public for many years. Um, why do you think that is? Oh, look, I probably, it's never a good point to start with a disagreement, is it? But I probably <laughs> can, can test that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I would say that it's probably not really that simple and, and it depends upon who you talk to. Hmm. So. For example, there are certainly there there are positive perceptions around martial arts practice. Yeah, um, and these are often linked to different psychological ideas. So you'll often see martial arts talked about in terms of promoting confidence, promoting self-regulation, self-esteem, things like that. Mm. However, there are also, I guess, there's an alternative perspective, and various bodies, for yeah. example, like law enforcement, um, mental health practitioners. That also express significant concern, or excuse me, concerns about martial arts, especially in terms of violence and aggression. Hmm. Um, I think a really good example of that would be um, in terms of activities like MMA, so mixed martial arts. Yeah, I think that both views are probably quite well perpetuated by the popular media, hmm. um, in, particularly in terms of entertainment. And in reality, I actually think there's a degree of validity regarding both perspectives. Yeah. So. Um in terms of like you know you work you you work with um, your work being with psychology based uh, on what you your research is uh, what, what uh, drew you into researching this about martial arts? Oh, that could be a really long question to answer. <laughs> um, so look, I guess several different factors eventually led to a tipping point that yeah. sort of initiated the, the study happening. Hmm. Um, so my general research interest is, is very much around using novel ideas or approaches to promote mental health. Yeah. Um, and so uh, like other research that I'm engaged in is actually using um, cooperative electronic gaming as a, hmm. as a means of um, promoting mental health. Yeah. Um, in that type of context, I was very aware of the stereotype around martial arts promoting mental health. Hmm. I also have a, a long-term interest in the martial arts that yeah. would initially have been based in, in popular media. So, like, growing up watching like cartoons of yeah. martial arts, playing computer games, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then as an adult, I actually started practicing martial arts with my children. Hmm. And that occurred at the same time that I was working as a psychologist with youth and adolescents in schools. Yeah. And I became really aware of... Um, 
a lot of my colleagues, so psychologists who are actually referring children to the martial arts. So for, around that stereotype that martial arts practice encourages confidence and encourages yeah. self-regulation. Yeah. But as I started to read the academic literature, mm. basically there's very little scientific investigation around the martial arts and mental health. Mm. Um, and so that, that's really what prompted me to, to want to investigate it, to, to see... And the literature that does exist has some significant methodological problems yeah. that really lead. Well, how valid actually is this research? So that that, it, as I said, it could be. I could go on at length, but that mm. was probably that's <laughs> enough. Um, and you know, in regards to your findings, um, what are the benefits that you have uh, you know stumbled across that martial arts brings for one's mental health? Okay, so in, in that sense, the, the study that I conducted was a randomised controlled trial, and I won't bore your listeners with the details of yeah. what, what, what that really means, hmm. but um, it, it's effectively a, a very rigorous way of, of yeah. investigating a topic. Um, so there were 283 participants that were aged, so they were school-aged, secondary hmm. school-aged children that were aged sort of 12 to 14 years, and it was a 10-week intervention based around Taekwondo yeah. um, and also having a sort of psychoeducation component. And hmm. what we were measuring in the program were a couple of different factors. Hmm. So we were really interested in resilience. Yeah. Um, we were interested in self-efficacy. So that, and that self-efficacy is just the idea of having a belief that you can achieve something, you can do something. Hmm. Um, and then also looking at psychological difficulties like behavioral issues and emotional issues. We saw some really positive results around resilience and self-efficacy, uh, and both of those were stronger after the intervention, particularly self-efficacy seemed to be sustained um, for, for a, a significant period of time. What we didn't see, though, was that we didn't see a, a strong effect in terms of psychological difficulties. Now, they didn't become worse as, yeah. as a consequence of the program, but it didn't appear to have any significant effect on, on that side of things. Hmm. But it was very positive in terms of, what I guess, what you would call the well-being side of mental health. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've done you've done research uh, into the effects of bullying as well, particularly with those people, those students who are in secondary uh, secondary education. And martial arts has you know has also always been been seen as a way for students to get more confidence. That you mentioned before as well. However, mm. on the flip side, it can be good for those kids who were sort of you know reckless and they were coming from you know sort of troubled backgrounds to sort of discipline them uh, as well. So why do you think martial arts works so well for people from all works of life? I think there's a couple of factors that potentially are at play here. Um, and probably the thing that really comes out of the work that we did was self-efficacy. So that idea of um, being able to, to think that you can achieve something. And where I think that really links in with martial arts practice is that martial arts training really fosters a sense of mastery learning. Um, and so through constant repetition, you learn how to do something and you repeat it again and again and again and, be, and become good at it. So this, this is really reinforced um, through martial arts practice. And I think that's a big reason why you see some potential psychological benefits from martial arts training. However, I think um, one thing that we do need to be really careful about with martial arts is around that thing that I talked about before about aggression, because there is an idea at times that if you see someone who exhibits aggressive behaviour, um, that, that martial arts training will be good for that person. And that potentially is really problematic. Hmm. As there's, there's probably sufficient evidence in, in the literature that you could potentially actually reinforcing um, that behaviour in people by exposing them to martial arts training. So it's not that you shouldn't attempt to do that in terms of self-regulation, but it, it needs to be considered really carefully. Hmm. Um, so I don't think there's a 
it's not this sort of blanket brush that you can say, oh, this is definitely good or definitely bad. We need to be, I guess, thoughtful about the way that we approach things like martial arts training. Um, something else to consider is that the martial arts aren't actually a mental health therapy. And in order to fulfill that criteria, it actually would need to be run in conjunction with, with a mental health professional like a psychologist. Um, I think that the martial arts can definitely have psychological benefits, but I guess your listeners need to be careful about potential overreach that they might see in advertising. Um, you, you'll see some pretty, like, for example, you look at Facebook and, and see martial arts schools advertising what they do, and they make some pretty strong claims ab- about psychological benefits, and that's just it's something to be cautious about. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anything else, uh, you know, uh, any any words of advice or anything that, you know, from there's something that you found from your research that you can share with our listeners as well, something just to look out look out for? Oh, I hadn't thought of an open-ended response. <laughs> um, look, I, I think that it is definitely, things, things like martial arts training are, are really, really positive. Um, sort of structured environments, things that are encouraging, um, sort of social relationships are, are really positive. And there's lots of activities that we can engage in that actually are really good for our mental health. Uh, and, and that's sort of what I started talking about um, around um, looking for novel approaches to promote mental health. We don't always need to seek professional help to, to do things that are good for our, our psychological well-being. Mm. Um, so things like martial arts, physical activity, exercise, these are all really positive ways of promoting your mental health. But of course, when you actually need additional help around that, you, you, should, you should seek a, um, you know, help from a professional. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. Dr. Brian Moore, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Um, That's my uh, pleasure. Have a lovely day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was a very interesting mm. topic. Uh, interesting discussion with uh, Dr. Uh, Brian Moore. Mm. Um, uh, you know, different benefits yeah. uh, which are which are in relation to martial arts as well. And obviously, you know, if someone is practicing martial arts at a young age, if they continue doing that, continue mm. practicing it, and uh, staying uh, fit and healthy, that can, uh, of course, you know, when they reach old age. They, that will also, of course, be be very much beneficial as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's also important, you know, that uh, it's in a sort of a controlled, disciplined environment as well, where you know, where where those students who are coming in to learn martial arts, yeah, they're not just you know going off the road and using or you know misusing their you know their abilities, and uh, sort of you know not just going out in the streets and practicing it. Uh, on you know freely, hmm. you know, hmm. uh, so that's definitely. you know things which are, which you know things which definitely look hmm. needs to be look, looked into. Yeah, in, in in regards to this, um, there's a there's a quote of Hazrat says, "Afrullah Khan Sahib, may Allah be pleased with him, a companion of uh, the Promised Messiah, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, the founder of them, the Muslim community." Hmm. Um, he stated in Islam and protection of health that in. Um, in steps to exercise that we must look after physical health for the spiritual progress of the soul without the upright maintenance of the body you cannot have a spiritual life the body is a container for the soul if you break the container then it its contents will spill the body and soul are associated in this very manner and any damage to the body will affect the soul and you know this indicates that there is an inseparable link between spirituality and physical health. Mm. And um, you know, similarly, in uh, some religious exertions, strain and hardships exist to such a degree as uh, if the creator 
of that religion had no knowledge of the relationship between body and soul. Mm. This type of teaching does not exist in Islam. The Holy Prophet, um, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, uh, gave us the teachings on divine command and explained them in simple language and supplemented them with his actions. And, you know, one tends to wonder at the balance that exists in those teachings for humanity and the perfection that can be achieved spiritually and physically by following those teachings. Mm. You know, the Islam has truly outlined the basic fundamental teachings where even even in prayer, that we pray five times a day, it is a physical exercise, right? Some mm. sort of, mm. uh, you're, you're, you know, you're bowing, you're prostrating, you're doing some different sort of positions, isn't different it? positions. Yeah. And it's... it's uh, there was a scientific. There was an article on this as well. They scientifically proven that the um, the position of prostration hmm. is good for like blood flow and good for your well. circulation. Good for you know many other d- different things as well. And hmm. th- these poses are used in yoga as well. Hmm. That's that's the thing, isn't it? You know the promised Messiah hmm. upon whom be peace, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. He has he has said that. You know, those religions yeah. which just speak about, which just talk about, you know, sitting in a p- p- particular position mm. and just meditating there yeah. for for hours on end mm. and just doing nothing, you mm. know, completely cutting off from mm. the world mm. and just, you know, just sitting there mm. or practicing these positions and that's it. Mm. And uh, that's, that's part of the religion. He yeah. said that this... How is that going to give you any sort of spirituality? Hmm. Fine, you might find a bit of comfort. Hmm. If, you know, you might get a little bit relaxed as well. Yeah. But how much relaxed could you be hmm. if you're sitting in a particular place for just for hours on end, not even moving, no, no talking, hmm. no eating, no nothing? Hmm. I mean, I mean, it is questionable as well. But how is that going to give you any sort of spirituality? Yeah. How are you going to fulfill the rights of God? How are you going to fulfill the rights of mankind? I mean, in those positions, you, they're not even they're not even praying to God. Hmm. Sometimes they may be, yeah. but uh, but it's not always the case. Hmm. But Islam, as you just mentioned, Islam actually gives us these different positions. Hmm. You know, just like you mentioned, the the standing up, the the bowing down, yeah. the prostration, the sitting down, all of these various different hmm. positions. They're actually there, and it's a sort of physical exercise as well. As a as a spiritual exercise as well, because when you're praying, because they have different positions, they have uh, a sort of impact on you as well. Physical, mm. you know, your physical appearance. Even if you, you know, you're if you're wearing clean clothes, mm. you're going to, you know, you're you're gonna you, that will have a a positive impact on the way that you think. Yeah. If you're going to have dirty clothes on, you're always going to be dirty. If you're never gonna take a shower, if you're never mm. going to uh, perform any sort of ablution you're going to wash your hands if you're going to stay filthy and dirty mm. that's going to have effect on your on your inner mm. on your you know on your, on your on your inner sort of core as well yeah there's going to have an effect on your on your spirituality also mm. so these things are you know they're they're linked and uh, that's why it's so important to not just be physically active as well yeah but also to have uh, to have a balanced diet Hmm. Because your diet can have a have an effect on you as well. Hmm. Make sure making sure that you eat healthy. Yeah. You eat everything. You don't hmm. just leave out meat, or you don't just eat out veg. You don't just yeah. leave out vegetables. You have both. You don't things. become. You know. You, uh, yeah. you don't follow one extreme or the other. Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. why Islam is a religion of moderation. Hmm. Definitely. You know, not not go, not deviating from to to one path hmm. or the other. Hmm. Staying in that middle lane. Hmm. 
eating healthy, mm. staying uh, f- physically active as well. Mm. Uh, even if it's just walking, you know, even if yeah. it's just brisk walking mm. or even walking, walking mm. for, you know, 10,000 steps a day. Mm. That's, you know, that's decent as it's well. It's doable. Yeah. It's doable and it's mm. decent as well. It's not even, mm. it's not that bad. Mm. Uh, so all of these things are definitely there to look out for. We've got uh, an audio clip of His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Ahmadi Muslim community, the fifth caliph of the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmad Mayalla, be his helper, uh, which talks a little bit, uh, he will talk a little bit about this as well. So let's listen to that. With the grace of Allah, you are now reaching the conclusion of this year's I am confident that you will have endeavored to enhance your moral and spiritual standards and sought to increase your religious knowledge. Rather than just spending all of your time in sports or games. Taking part in sports and doing exercise is important because it enables a person to stay fit and if a person is physically strong and healthy and is, uh, he's uh, better able to worship and fulfill the rights of Allah the Almighty and his creation. You know this uh, this uh, clip was actually from uh, from His Holiness's concluding address from the MKA uh, Ijtema, which is the Majlis Khudam al Ahmadiyya Ijtema, and that's uh, a, a, a um, an auxiliary organization of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Mm. The youth, the youth of the of the organization, they actually come together and yeah. they have their their annual conve- not the annual convention, but the annual gathering. You can yeah. say. Uh, which, well. is, uh, which is coming this, this weekend yeah, as this, well. This weekend as well. So mm. that's something to to look forward to, and uh, hopefully His Holiness will uh, deliver the concluding address uh, over there as well, which is going to be on Sunday. So that's going to be you know quite an eventful eventful uh, weekend for you know for us, especially. But uh, if you want to, you know, if you want to sort of, uh, mm. you know, listen to that, that will be broadcasted on MTA, yeah. which is the the official uh, TV channel of the Ahmadiyya Muslim mm. community, and uh, that will also be broadcasted on uh, on YouTube, mm. um, or you just go on www.mta.tv on Sunday at around about three three o'clock. Yeah. His Holiness will come and address, hopefully, the inshallah. the inshallah the God the. Really. The uh, the concluding uh, mm. address over there, the gathering as well. So that's uh, our show for today. Thank you for all of our guests who you know who took time out and uh, and uh, spoke to us as well. Very interesting topics mm. that we you know that we spoke about today. Definitely. Always a pleasure to 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 present with uh, you, uh, Muhammad Atar, yep. and of course uh, Abgis Akib in the in the studio tech, uh, technical support as well. Until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.